I would like to invite now Badri to come up and share a Christmas story with us. Good morning, everyone, and very happy Christmas to you all. You know, it used to be sometimes that the children would all gather up front here, and that was fun, but now I can see that all of us are gathered as children before God. And as he said, suffer little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God. And I want to share with you a little bit about that kingdom of heaven and of Jesus today. Of course, the Christmas story goes back 2,000 years ago to the land of Israel. And we tell and we remember the story of Christmas again and again and again. Because as my daughter Tulsi reminded me yesterday, it was one of the very most special moments in the history of the world. And the Christmas story goes back certainly before the birth of Jesus. I want to go back just a little ways and share with you about his mother and father, of course, Mary and Joseph. And they were in Israel, in Nazareth. And Joseph was a woodworker, a carpenter, as Jesus would be. And he was, in some ways, and Mary too, just kind of ordinary people. They certainly weren't rich or very special outwardly. In fact, they were most probably quite poor. And what was special about them was that they were very noble, and they had a lot of goodness in their hearts, and they loved God deeply. And Mary was really not much older than a girl. And Mary and Joseph were soon to be married when something very unusual and special happened. Of course, an angel from heaven came to Mary. He was called Gabriel, and he told her, do not be afraid, for you are very special. You are chosen by God, favored, and you will become pregnant, he said, with a child that you must call Jesus. And hearing this, Mary was afraid. Again, she wasn't much older than a child. And although she was afraid, she took that goodness and that courage in her heart, and she accepted this. And Joseph also was afraid. This was very hard for him, especially in those old days. To have a baby before they got married would be a very bad thing. And perhaps Joseph, the man, would not even marry the woman. But because of that goodness in his heart, Joseph knew that he would, in fact, marry her. And as well, an angel came to visit Joseph and similarly told him, the baby in Mary's womb will be called Jesus, and he will be the Messiah. And so together, they faced with courage this baby Jesus who would come. And around this time, the ruler of the Romans in Israel at that time, he made an order. And he said that all the people had to return. The Jewish people had to return to their homelands to be counted up because the Romans liked order and counting. And so together, Joseph and Mary returned to Bethlehem, that very special little town. Again, it was very ordinary. And they traveled a long ways. Of course, they couldn't take a Tesla or a plane to get there. They had to walk all the way, almost 100 miles to Bethlehem. And Mary could ride on the donkey. But when they arrived, as you know, on that cold winter night, there was nowhere for them to stay. And so where did they end up but in a stable with the farm animals, 
It's probably a bit dirty and smelly, but it was somewhere to sleep for the night. And we know that is where baby Jesus was born. Now, the Jewish people had prophesied. They had told for a long time that the Messiah would come. And they knew he would be so great, they, perhaps he would be born in a palace, like a king, or perhaps the very heavens would open up and he would come down from heaven. But surely no one thought he could be born in a stable with animals. And yet, there he was, the baby Jesus, born among the animals, among the shepherds that night who came. For in the fields, angels came down from heaven, and they sang songs of glory to God and peace and goodwill to all men, for the Christ child had been born. So as the shepherds came that night, as the animals and the mother and the father gathered there, they could feel that this was one of the most special moments in the history of the world. The Christ was born. And later, as you know, the kings came. And they were not just kings, but great masters. For they too had perceived the Christ would be born and followed the great star in the sky that told them of his coming. And they came to share their gifts of love of their material gifts and their blessings on the birth of the Christ. And so we, like those gathered there in Bethlehem thousands of years ago, remember each year and celebrate the birth of the Christ child. And we bring our gifts of devotion, of goodness, of kindness, of courage. And we celebrate with music and good cheer and our family and our friends and all the loving gifts we've been given. And above all, we celebrate this true spirit of Christmas, which is the birth of the Christ within us and that goodness and light throughout this world. Happy Christmas. Thank you, Bhatri. Beautiful. So I'll read from the rays of the one light. This is the last reading for this year. It's called The Divine Ascension. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 14, we read, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What is this I, when spoken by a master who has conquered every vestige of ego consciousness? Therein lies the mystery of true scriptural teachings. That I that is no I, does it even exist? In what way is it different from the consciousness that animates other human beings. Jesus was not saying, look at me, don't look at other masters. He was saying rather, look at the divine self that is the essence of who you are, your very self. You are that I. No man cometh unto the divine consciousness except by first recognizing his own intrinsic divinity hidden behind his delusive ego. 
the Bhagavad Gita in the fourth chapter states, O son of Prita, that's Arjuna, in whatever way people accept me, in that same way do I appear to them. For all men, in some way, pursue the path to me. Meditate on the divine incarnations. Their lives and the consciousness animating them will be your stairway to the infinite. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Om, Om, Om. So, once again, very happy Christmas. And the children are very, very welcome to stay, but if you want to go to Sunday school, I assume there is. No, then you're very welcome to stay. <laughs> okay. Before I read the whispers, I want to just say, how, and I don't know if I can get through this without crying, but how grateful I am to be a part of this community where people create temples and design temples like this, and where people, where children here go visit people without homes who live in tents and bring decorations to them, where people serve selflessly, constantly, not thinking of their own importance or their own recognition, where everyone is accepted, without any qualification or limitation, and where our family has spread, and there are members here from Italy, from India, and from all over the world. And I want to also say how grateful I am to be, have seen this community grow from nothing, from a pig farm is what this property was, and now, those early pioneers who came, and we didn't know what this place was going to be. Swami knew, Master knew, but we just plodded along. And it just, there's, there, and now new people have come, new waves of people who understand the importance of what this work is and are willing to do whatever they're asked to do just to keep it going. And we are just, I, I feel like, you know, the, the theme today is, who is this I? And I feel in this moment, it is not I, Davy, who's saying these things, but I feel like it's Master who is thanking all of you for what you have given, what you are giving, what you are becoming. Beautiful gardens, beautiful homes, beautiful community, beautiful schools and children and families. Think of the world today and think of what exists here. And this is the light of the world, one of not the only, but it is a light in this world. And so I think the masters are very grateful for what exists and what you all have built. So I got through it. Thank <laughs> you.
This is, I think, this is actually this reading that Jyotish read from Rays of the One Light is one of the most profound and important of the year. And I want to read this selection from Whispers from Eternity to begin. I vow never again to turn my gaze from thee. I take this sacred vow. Never will I lower my love's gaze below the eyebrow horizon of my constant thoughts of thee. Never will I turn my uplifted inner sight away from thee. Never will I let my mind dwell on anything that reminds me not of thee. I will disdain the nightmare of ignorant behavior. I will court all dreams of noble achievement, those of love, kindness, and understanding, for they are thy dreams. Though I dream many dreams, wakefully I will ever think of thee. In the sacred fire of constant remembrance, kept ever alight on my soul's altar, I will ever behold thy presence with the watchful eyes of devotional love. Thy grace has shown me that the dualities of health and sickness, life and death, joy and sorrow are but passing fantasies. I am finished with those eternally self-canceling delusions. I am persuaded at last that there is but one abiding reality, thy eternal, ever-conscious, ever-new, ever-thrilling, infinite bliss. So in the reading from the Bible, the passage from the Bible, Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Swami asked the question, who is this I? And Christ, in many passages in the Bible, he says, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the true vine. He says, I am the good shepherd. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. And he also said, before Abraham was, I am. So who is this I? If we can understand that, we can understand the mystery of who we are. Because this I, as we read, is the only reality. Everything else shifts. But this I that was before Abraham, that is the light of the world, this I is the only reality. It is the only constant in this world, as Swami, his master says, of self-canceling delusions. This I that is a part of all of life, this I that smiles in the beautiful tulip that radiates in a beautiful growing plant, this eye that shines from the beautiful eyes of children, 
who have humility and wisdom. This I is who we are. And when we say, I am, as on our journey, usually that I refers to something else. This, that I, the limited self, thinks that it is the body. And yet, that body is always changing. Think about it. Once our body was one little cell, and then it became an embryo in our mother's womb. That's what our body was. And then an infant born as Christ was born. And then a child with so much to learn and experience. And then an adult trying to do something of service and benefit. And then age comes and the body begins to change. And so who is this I? Who is this body? Sickness comes. And we think, well, is that who I am? And yet our guru bhais show us, that's not who I am. This body may be sick, but that's not who I am. And so we are not the bodies. Are we the minds and the thoughts? It's always changing. Think about your thoughts when you were a child. Think about your interests and what you considered important. Very few of us are the same thoughts or mind pattern, mental patterns than we had as children. It's always changing. And even from year to year, our thoughts change and our mental patterns change. So it's always in flux. And then as a old age comes, people often lose mental clarity. There was a wonderful disciple of Master, Kamala Silva, who wrote A Flawless Mirror, one of Master's closest disciples. She had Alzheimer's at the end of her life, lived here, and we took care of her as well as we could for a time. And someone asked Swamiji, how could this happen to such a devoted follower of Master? And he said, oh, it's just the mind. Her soul is unaffected. So we're not the body, this I. We're not the mind, this I. We're not the personality, because that changes too. My personality now isn't the same as when I was a little girl, although I'm afraid it's more the same than I would like it to be. <laughs> but nevertheless, the personality changes. Our feelings change, things that seem so important. All of a sudden, what was that all about? Why did I get so upset about that? Or why did I get so elated about that? And so the thoughts, the body, the thoughts, the personality, the feelings, that's not who we are. That's not the I. And then there's what we do. I am a doctor. I am a lawyer. I am a farmer. I am an artist. That shifts too. Swamiji was amazing. He was a master of so many skills, a writer, a musician, a singer, a speaker, and yet he didn't identify with any of that. There was no sense of, this is who I am. 
And he would say when people would, we have to go through this a little bit too in India, people give these long introductions of everything that you've ever done in your whole life. And you're sitting there totally embarrassed. And then you have to get up and talk. And you realize, that's not who I am. And Swami was the same way. He said when they would give him this flowery introduction going on and on, he said, I would feel like a little mouse running onto the stage. Because I didn't have any identification with what I do, what is important to the eyes of the world. And so if we are not any of those eyes, who are we? And that's the secret of the whole spiritual life, trying to find out who we are beyond these false self-definitions. Self, self and then, as Swami said in that passage, he said, when Christ was not trying to say, look how special I am, he was saying, the light in me dwells in you. That's who you are. That's the I. I am. And it's in meditation we observe that. I'm not the body. I'm not the thoughts. I'm not my personality. I am that observer watching myself play the part that you gave me to play. Sometimes it's wonderful. Sometimes it's terrible. But I'll just play it nonetheless. And how do we get there? Master said in that wonderful quote that the director, Pavan Kaul, selected at the beginning of the movie, The Answer, when this I shall die, then shall I know who am I. When this I shall die. And if we hold on to emotions, and oh, this was so tragic, and this happened, and all that, we can't ever get there. If we hold on to wrongs that people have done to us, oh, those people were so greedy, those people took advantage, whatever. We're just limiting who we are, this I that is part of the Christ. So when this I shall die, then shall I know who am I. And how do we get there? Well, the paths of yoga. We start with jnana yoga, the yoga of discrimination, neti neti, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not the body or the personality, and we leave all that. And then there's action, karma yoga, and we push everything that we are and have and do in service to God, in service, it doesn't matter what it is. God bless the gardeners in this community who make bok choy and tulips and tomatoes because they're pouring their energy into service. They're pouring their, the energy that the I is coming out in service to others. And then the I of bhakti yoga, of devotion, where we just say, Lord, I crave to be loved. I crave to feel your love and to know that I am loved, but I can only experience that when I get my eye out of the way. And when I love you, God, with all my heart, 
then I know who I am and I know that I am loved. It's the whole secret. We run here and there and does he love me? Does she love me? Do they love me? Do they not love me? And all we have to do is love God. And it's all there. Everything we ever wanted. And then finally, putting them all together, discrimination, service, devotion, we come to our path, Raja Yoga, the yoga of meditation. And in that path, then in the stillness of our soul, we experience that. We just had, many of us participated in our eight-hour Christmas meditation. It's very nice. And many people said it was the deepest Christmas meditation we've ever had. And what does that mean? What comprises a deep meditation when the mind is still and you feel who you are as part of a greater reality? And then there is no time. There is no space. There is just the I am in that moment. Master called his mission the second coming of Christ. And Christ said during biblical times, I will come again. I will come in the clouds. And Master, But what does that mean, I will come in the clouds? It means I will come in your consciousness. And Master came. And the, the question, I'm sure, occurs to everyone. It occurs to me. It occurred to Swami, who in fact asked Master, were you Jesus Christ? calling your mission the second coming, and Master dismissed him, saying, what difference would it make? He didn't want us to be this body was that body. It's the I am. They were one in that spirit. And so the second coming of Christ that Master brought was his path of Kriya Yoga and devotion and meditation to realize that oneness, the second coming. And interestingly, we just read this morning that on this day, December 25th, 1935, Sri Teshwar bestowed, the king bestowed once more on Master the title Paramahansa. He received that title today, 1935. Interesting, isn't it? And so we need to understand that the I of who you are, of who we all are, this I is eternal. And it's filled with kindness. And it's filled with compassion for those less fortunate. And everything else will pass. Everything else is a dream. Master, in that beautiful poem, When I Am Only a Dream, he said, I come to tell you all of him and the way to encase him in your bosom and the discipline that brings his grace. That's what he came. That was the second coming of Christ that he brought, the Christ consciousness. And so on this day, it's been a beautiful celebration here in the community. Many, many lovely events. So much 
energy and dedication went into the music and the plays and the decorations and the meals and planning and not to mention the sound crew. What would we do without them? But the second coming of Christ can be every single day. We don't have to wait till next Christmas. But this eye of the Christ consciousness of what Master came, of who he is, of what this community is, collectively, it is the consciousness of Christ. Not him as an individual, as that reading in the uh, Gita at the end of the passage, all great masters, whatever path you follow, doesn't matter. It's the same I am to which we are all going and to which one day we will awaken fully and say, Lord, I am with you always.
Thank <laughs> you.